0: Hey, welcome to the Stories I Wish You Heard. If this is your first time listening to this show, I do two episodes a week. The A episode features a story from my blog, City Songs. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, pause this one first and come back after. You're listening to the B episode, where I walk you through some of the -the behind-the-scenes stuff for the story. And we also have some special guests in the form of storytellers who'll share some of the stories they wish were heard, and they'll help us unpack some of the themes discussed. So I wrote Quiet in August 2010, and I guess you could say it's the story that a lot of people who read my blog remember. In fact, when I first launched this podcast, I even got this voice message from a listener.
1: I hate you for picking your most hurtful stories. <laughs> <laughs> Yung Quiet din naman, please. Thank you.
0: So obviously I had to do it, but the thing is, I couldn't bring myself to record it properly. It's a story that I don't like revisiting, not because it was particularly painful, but because there were some really literal lines in it. And when I tried recording it for Season 1, I could barely get through the first paragraph. I wrote very differently in 2010, and there really was no attempt at hiding anything. So in converting it to the podcast, I had to rewrite some sections, add a few lines, take out a few, so that I could really get the rhythm right. And it's a challenge that I faced with a few other stories, mostly the older ones. So some words may sound good on paper, but when read out loud, it just sounded very flat. So, um, I like doing this thing in stories where <laughs> I'll hide a line or a postscript in white font. In Quiet, it was a dedication at the very, very top. Uh, at the top of the story, I wrote, To the one who called me gory because this doesn't hurt anymore. I tried to put myself in my 23-year-old self's shoes to figure out why I wrote that. It was pretty off-brand for my blog to call anyone out that directly, especially because the guy in question was actually a blogger himself. Um, we broke up early that year, and by the time that I wrote Quiet, I was already with someone else. I think a part of me wanted to say that I was 100% over him. But if I'm being honest, I really wasn't at that time. That relationship left me a little humiliated and quiet was my way of letting him know how he made me feel and maybe share some of the shame that I felt after that relationship ended. When you're in a relationship, you expect that person to love you. And I'd like to think that there was love in that relationship. But when you're in an LGBT relationship, there's a few more things that you hope for. You want them to love you, but you also want them to be proud of you. I wasn't expecting some public announcement of love or anything like that, but I guess I was hoping that I didn't have to hide in the dark while his friends picked him up. Um, a few of our friends knew about the relationship, but overall it was something that we said we'd keep to ourselves. And at first it was okay. It was kind of, um, exciting to, to have a secret, but eventually it just that, that love made me feel like Like a dirty little secret. And in my weakness, I believed that that was all that I deserved. This story was my way of reclaiming my strength. And it was my way of leaving large, ugly scratches on the wooden floor. That was his heart. A few months after I released Quiet, we got to talking and he showed me some drawings that he had made. He told me to look at the dates and he said that they were about me. Uh, And the dates verified that. So in a way, I did get my canvas in the den. It was just a little too late when I saw it. We're very good friends now. Uh, All this feels like ancient history. I mean, this was literally 10 years ago. But however short, this relationship will always be memorable because it gave birth to one of my non-negotiables. If he loves you, he should be proud of you. And I don't regret how things ended. I don't regret publishing this. Because that, for me, was the big lesson that I needed to learn. When you're younger, I guess it's okay for you to take these kinds of relationships. Uh, but as you get older, you realize that it's hard to be with somebody who comes with that much baggage. Eventually, I did find somebody who was proud of me. And it was something that I learned to appreciate because of this relationship that I documented in Quiet. Okay, so... I'm sure I'm not the only one who uh, has a similar story. So earlier this week, I asked, what would you write on your lover's empty canvas? And we had some really great entries this week. Let's see what our storytellers have to say. Our first storyteller is my good friend McCoy from Gamchat Podcast. And let's see what he would write on his lover's empty canvas. Hey, city boy, this McCoy once again. So to answer your question, what would I write on my lover's empty canvas? What final words would I like to leave my last lover? It wouldn't be to my last lover, but instead to the last person where my heart felt at home. So my message would be, I know what you wanted was for me to fight for us, but I let my pride and anger get in the way, and for that I'm very sorry. After all these years, you still cross my mind, and I want you to know that I loved you then. I love you now. And I will continue loving you until I can no longer. I'm happy that you found your home where you can rest your heart and be truly happy. So yeah, that's what I would write. I think McCoy's self-awareness is very admirable. Um, He mentioned that he let pride and anger get in the way. And usually these are things that we don't admit when recalling old relationships. So I really like that the blame wasn't all on the other person. That there was also some acknowledgement of the things that McCoy did. It's very hard to be self-aware, especially when you're recalling a relationship that hurt you. And I think you can hear it in McCoy's voice. Um This was a relationship that was nice and it was loving, but it also kind of hurts when he thinks about it now. The message that he would leave on the canvas is... I loved you then, I love you now, and I will love you until I can no longer. And I think that's so beautiful. And just when I thought that it couldn't get any more beautiful, McCoy says that he's happy that his ex has found his home. And that tells you it's real unconditional love. It's hard to find that kind of happiness when, you know, there's a part of you that thinks, what if that was me? What if basically that person who's in my ex's life, now that was supposed to be my life. But McCoy knew that they weren't meant for each other. And so all of that love gets channeled into something else. And that's, you know, you're happy that this person found their home. You're happy that this person is in a new relationship. So even though there was some sadness in McCoy's story. I can't help but feel happy for him because the love that he feels for his ex is a very, very special kind of love. And it's one that not a lot of people find in their lifetimes. So congratulations, McCoy, on unlocking the Unconditional Love badge. And uh, thank you for sending in your recording this week. Let's listen to our second storyteller. And this is from Julianne. Her answer is a little different. It's not what she would leave on her lover's canvas. but Quite the opposite. It's what her lover left for her. So let's listen to Julianne's story.
2: I'll be reading a farewell letter that was given to me four years ago, dated May 17, 2016. That looks of yours make me want to hold your hand more, want to hug you so tight and never let you go, want to kiss your lips, want to make love with you like you were mine even for once, just for once, so I can make you feel my love and make me feel yours. I'm struggling to survive this kind of setup that you want. It's been very difficult and will be more difficult that I know. I have no choice but to fight this feeling, hoping that one day we can be together again, even just as friends. Because I really can totally let you go. I may not know how long it would take, but please, know that even if it may seem I'm so far away, I'm always here for you, and will always be here forever. You may not be mine, but I'm letting you go. Or should I say, setting you free? Yes, I am setting you free. So you can live your life the way you want it without thinking of me. I wish you all the best, dear. Please be happy because you deserve it. Stay safe and take care of yourself. And for the last time, I love you. Thanks for everything.
0: There was a song playing at the end of the recording. I'm not sure if you could really recognize it, but it was "Scared to Death by KZ Tandingan. It's a really, really nice song, and I think it's the perfect soundtrack for Julianne's story. If you look at the dictionary, and you look for the word bittersweet, you'll actually find a copy of Julianne's ex's letter uh, as the entry there. There were so many loving parts, but uh, there were also some parts that really hurt. Um, The ones that I kind of took note of is when he said, "Um, I'm always here for you, You may not be mine, but I'm setting you free. Thanks for everything. It's tough to break up with somebody when there's still some love there. And in this case, it wasn't just a small amount of love. You could tell that there was like a lot of love still there. And I actually ended up asking Julianne a little bit about this relationship. And it was clear that even though they cared about each other, their circumstances just wouldn't allow that relationship to happen. And I think eventually they just gave up because if it was supposed to happen, it would have happened by that time. There were things that stood in the way and it became increasingly clear that their relationship just was not going to work out. So it's easy to think about breakups that started in anger. It's easy to hold on to that anger so that you could move on, so that you could feel better. But what do you do when there's no anger there? In this case, it was just filled with a lot of love and filled with a lot of sadness. It's a lot of love that had nowhere to go. So I think it's just so bittersweet to have somebody who loves you, but to know that it's not going to work out. But I also commend Julianne and her ex's maturity because it shows that they're respecting that emotion, they're acknowledging that emotion, but they're not letting it take full control. So thank you, Julianne, for sharing that beautiful letter. And I'm honored that you let me share your story. Okay, so our next storyteller wishes to be anonymous. So we'll just call her Kay. Uh, Kay has actually listened to the podcast since the first season. And she actually recorded something for the last episode. But by the time she sent it, I was already done editing. So I said, we'll save that story for the next episode. She sent in this recording specifically for Quiet. And let's listen to what she had to say.
3: It was five years that we were together, but it was only really real for that first year. Then something happened and you made the conscious decision to stop loving me and start using me. And from then on, I spent four years trying to make you love me that way again, to make you see me that way again. And It never really happened because I gave you pieces of me, beautifully painted pictures and words and declarations of love, and you took them, but you never really gave me anything back. Your canvas stayed blank. Every time you took something that I made, you took a part of me until I had nothing left. So for those four years, you tolerated me. And then you were given the reason to not have to anymore. The perfect excuse, the perfect escape. And I never even got an explanation.
0: Okay. (laughs) That really hurts. It doesn't matter how many times I've listened to that recording. It still really gives me a tight feeling in my chest. I think... What hurt was that Kay spent years trying to get her ex to see her the way that he saw her when they were new. That's something that happens in in a lot of long-term relationships where you try to recapture what it was like when you were in your honeymoon phase and you just really want your partner to see you that way again. She continued to hurt us with the following lines. I gave you pieces of me. You took them, but you never gave anything back. Your canvas stayed blank. Every time you took something that I made, you took a part of me until I had nothing left. I think we can all relate to the feeling of loving somebody to the point of exhaustion, when unfortunately you didn't even leave enough for yourself. So by the time that the relationship ends, you pretty much have nothing. She said that she never got an explanation, and I think that makes it even worse because she tried, she gave everything, and she lost everything inside her, and yet there was no explanation as to why things ended. There are lovers who hurt us and stay with us, and it's hard because you end up with so much anger in you, and it's mixed with all the love that you still feel for this person, so... You end up being angry at them, but you also become angry at yourself for still holding on to those feelings, for still holding on for the hope that he'll come back. And that's just a very, very difficult position to be in. By now, I think, K, you have probably forgiven your ex, but I hope that you find the time to also forgive yourself. It's not your fault that he couldn't understand the love that you were giving to him. And if anything, it makes you the better person in that relationship because you gave all that you could in that relationship. And that's something that you should not regret. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I did not expect that I would get uh, a little shaken by by the recordings this week. I guess the story left people scratching old wounds and uh, and I'm honored to be able to uh, share these stories with, with other people, but uh, <laughs> it does kind of sting a little bit. <laughs> okay, we've got one last storyteller and this is Spiral Prince. Spiral Prince was a blogger uh, that I met in 2010 and and I sought him out uh last week because I knew that I was going to do this story. So um I was reading Quiet, and I was skimming through the comments, and I found a comment from this blogger. And it was interesting because the story was published in 2010, but he had left the comment in 2011, so it was like a full year later. And uh I sought him out, and I said, hey, I'm doing Quiet, and I know you like that story. And I was wondering if you wanted to record something for the B episode. So he did. And just like what I did in the last episode, I'm going to split this into two. So let's listen to the first part of Spiral Princess recording.
1: Hey, silly boy. Good morning. This is Spiral Prince. I just want to say hello and thank you for finally recording Quiet which is my all-time favorite post from your blog. So uh, the funny thing is I had to go back and check the date to figure out what happened during that 20 my life that made me comment and reach out to you and express just how the piece resonated with me. And I realized that it was actually after my first breakup with my first break. During a low point in my life, I remembered that piece, and I went back to it because, as beset with grief as I was, I was inarticulate, and I found comfort in reading something that was able to more or less encapsulate what I was feeling as during that moment. We realize, that, you know, eventually we, no matter how painful an experience is. We wherein we eventually reach a point where we forget about something that we thought we'd remember forever, something that we thought that would always linger at the back of our minds and inform every decision that we make. That eventually we heal from a wound we think is too deep. We recover, we rise up, we reform ourselves from a heartache that we once deemed too great to recover from. And I, I cannot thank you enough for writing that. It really still is beautiful and it's really, really great to witness that piece brought to life in your podcast. One of the many things I love about Why as a blog post, as a written piece, is that it has many layers to it. Yeah, I agree that The 2020 rewrite was necessary to bring it to life, to give it another dimension, and it's super well done. So, I just want to say really thank you for, you know, finally recording this piece and sharing it with your podcast. So, this was the first time that
0: I'd ever heard anybody talking about Quiet This Way or talking about it with me, and... I guess I didn't realize that that there was someone out there who felt that way. It was interesting for me that he had read the blog post and then like a year later when something was happening in his life, and, that, and in this case it was his first breakup with his first boyfriend, he remembered the story and he came back to it. He said that at that time he couldn't really articulate what he felt and so quiet gave him some comfort because it encapsulated how he felt. I guess it makes me a little proud for this little story because, um, again, it was something that I wrote for myself. It was something that I wrote so that I would feel better. But uh, knowing that other people felt better after their own relationships had ended, uh, when they read the story or when they listened to this episode, that kind of makes me feel good. So uh, (laughs) his 2020 realization was really, really good. He said that, We learn to forget things that we thought we'd remember forever. And eventually, we all heal from wounds that we thought were too deep. And that was really, really nice. Very good Spiral Prince. I love those lines. It's true when you're in the middle of a breakup or when your wounds are still very, very fresh. It feels like there's no escaping that. It feels like there's no recovering from it. You can't possibly move on from that. But eventually... You will. Eventually, your heart will mend. And I like that that was his 2020 realization. So he thanked me for writing the post and for recording it as a podcast. And I want to thank him right back. So thank you, Spiral Prince, for letting me know what this story meant to you. With that out of the way, let's listen to what Spiral Prince would put on his lover's easel.
1: And to answer your question... What would you write on your lover's empty canvas? Instead of writing something on their black canvas, I'll go ahead and swap canvases. I'll place my painting on their easel and take their black canvas with me because that painting of mine, which I poured in a lot of effort and time and feeling and emotions to, is already a message to that lover that encapsulates everything already. That's like the masterpiece born from the depths of, you know, whatever well of emotion we drew from. And the purpose of me taking that blank canvas in its place, I mean, after leaving my masterpiece on that lover's easel for that blank canvas to serve as a reminder, that, that I loved once, and I truly, madly, deeply, profoundly loved once with all abandon and got nothing in return. But the beauty for me, but the beauty in that is, I'll use that blank canvas, I'll use that nothingness. And i will create something out of that nothing. And I... Thank you. So
0: that was brilliant. Uh, That was something that I did not see coming. Instead of writing a a letter or instead of saying anything to the lover, he's going to place one of his paintings on that easel and take the blank canvas with him. That's brilliant. (laughs) Brilliant. and I like that it expanded on the parallel lines that I was drawing because you put in a lot of emotions, a lot of love in that relationship. And if you compare it with how your lover loved you and you find that they really didn't or that their canvas was blank, then it just makes sense that you would show them, hey, this is how much I loved you and yet you did not love me back. My favorite part is how he would take the blank canvas Because if you are the blank canvas, or if you were expecting to see yourself there but you didn't, then reclaiming that blank canvas, in many ways, it reclaims you as a person. So I like that he took the canvas and he made something new. It tells your lover, you may not have loved me, but I love myself. And I have enough love for myself. I have enough art materials so that I can paint myself. You don't want to paint me, I'll paint myself. (laughs) so I love that idea. I love how our storytellers always add new dimensions, and it's something that I look forward to when I listen to the recordings that I get after the A episodes. If you would like to become a storyteller for next week's episode, all you have to do is stay tuned after the A episode. Uh, I ask a question at the end, and then you have to record your answer and send it to me. Okay, some final thoughts on Quiet. In this story, um, the words that I left were expectations or premeditated resentments. And it's a line from a book called Words Are Not Things by Jack Gardner. My 2010 takeaway was this relationship hurt me because I expected too much from that partner. But 10 years later, I realized that it wasn't my expectations of my partner that hurt me. It was probably the expectations for myself. So while these are a little less poetic and would probably be challenging to write in clumsy red paint, here are some things that I'd like to leave on my lover's empty canvas. So number one, it's okay if you couldn't love me like I needed to be loved. My heart doesn't come with an instruction manual, and at 23, even I didn't know how it worked. So it's okay. (laughs) The second thing that I could put in the canvas is, thank you for loving me. Uh, I learned a lot from you, and that's something that even an entire decade could not take away. Now this last note is for myself, but maybe it's for you too. If you're going through the same emotions that I went through when I wrote Quiet 10 years ago, then maybe this note is for you too. You deserve to be loved the way you need to be loved. Don't be afraid to explore how your heart works, Don't be ashamed that you need certain assurances from your partner. And if he can't give it to you, don't be afraid to walk away. You are worthy of love. You are worth it. And somewhere out there, someone is preparing to love you the way you deserve to be loved. Okay, that bell tells us that that's all the unpacking that we have for this episode. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Come back next week when we feature another story on The Stories I Wish You Heard.